my name is Gary Shotton, and I enjoy being a part of this and being able to talk to you as a part of Inspiring Better Business, ibbtalks.com. Today we're going to talk about the cost of entry. And at first you might think, what are we talking about, uh, cost of entry? Let me give an example. When you are going to a sporting event or a concert, a musical event, there's a cost of entry. When you're first starting, there's a cost to get started. And at first you can think, man, I'll get into something that doesn't take, take much money to get started in. And that could be something like mowing grass. You just have to have a lawnmower. Or that could be something like cutting hair. You just have some scissors and maybe some trimmers and have a chair. Uh, those things don't take much money to get started in. And so you can be all excited. I can get into business right away and making money. But let's think about it a little bit. Where are you headed with this low cost of entry? First of all, it was easy for you to get in. So that means anybody else that wants into the same exact industry that you're in, it's also easy to get in. And if it's easy for everyone to get in, and there's a whole bunch of people in that industry or in that business, then guess what? You're going to have a whole lot of competition. It's probably going to be more difficult to actually make a profit because of the competition. But if you can look at it and at least have a plan so that you can separate yourself from those that cost got in cheap or easily and make yourself different, then you're separating yourself from your competition. I'll give you some examples in a little bit. So the point we're making is think about where you're headed. Every time I think about ever owning a business, from the very point that I own or start or buy a business, I'm immediately thinking about how can I sell it, maybe 15 years later. But that is on my mind from day one. You should do the same as well, because at some point you're going to want out. And it's all, a lot of this is going to be due to the competition you have and how exclusive that you're in in your business. Well, let's, uh, so the key points here are low cost of entry in, lots of competition. High cost of entry or high cost of operation, less competition. Those are facts. Now let's give some examples. When I first came to my town where I live now, I needed a job. My business, I had a, had a job, and I moved from a, to a new town expecting to have a similar job with good pay, but it didn't happen. The economy dropped. And so immediately I said, what can I do to make some money? This was emergency. This was des not desperate, but this was uh, 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 critical just to get by. And you could call it a lifestyle because I was able to immediately start moving people because I had moved using a borrowed trailer, pulled behind my personal car, and that's how he would transfer my personal goods to this new town. So I just put an ad in the paper that said, let me help you move, and I started moving people. Extremely low cost of, of entry. In fact, I didn't even buy what we call an appliance dolly for quite a few jobs. I didn't actually buy blankets for several jobs because I used some old blankets we had. And so I'm in it dirt cheap, but guess what? There's a lot of other people that can get in that same business just as easy as I did. Now, over time, I was able to, to separate myself from the others, and I started adding myself as a dealer for a rental company, and then I became an agent for an uh, interstate company, and then I actually started moving people internationally. So you wanted to move to Germany, we moved some people to Germany. You wanted to move to Zambia, we started moving people to Zambia. But that was down the line, so I started separating myself 
myself from the local mover, the person that's just moving households from one house to the other in the same town. Let's talk about this machine shop. Now, machine shops uh, are typically, and my machine stop shop has a very high cost of entry. Some of my machines, when I first bought it, uh, the entire company is two, two million dollars plus, two and three quarter million by the time I built the building that I needed to start, in addition to what was already there. So the cost of entry was pretty high. Who has the ability, in my case, to borrow that much money? Not that many people. Now somebody else could start with just one machine, but that's a slow go. That's a process of starting with one machine, and guess what? With one small machine, you're not going to have very good or big customers. The big customers want to deal with bigger suppliers like myself. But immediately I looked at this situation, this is almost 14 years ago, and I said I want to separate myself from this little eight, the little job shops, the little people. And so I started purchasing bigger equipment. Slow but steady, I bought some equipment that cost $500,000. My first purchase was almost $400,000. And then later on was a $500,000 for one piece of equipment. And later on, my major purchase that I ever made was $750,000 for a very large machine that could do very large parts. Why did I do that? Well, because it separated me from those other people that had a low cost of entry. Those people that are doing little jobs, cheap jobs for the little companies. I wanted to be bigger and stronger so I had bigger and stronger companies that work for me. And I have less competition. You'll always have competition. Never think that you'll not have competition. Just wait a while and somebody will join in and be competing with you if you're profitable. But the process was that I was able to uh, grow myself into something that I separated myself. And in my town right now, there's probably 10 or less uh, machine shops that have some capacity that would be my competition. But with most of my customers, there are only one or two other people that are actually working for and trying to do the same business I'm doing in my town. Let's talk about my dad. My dad had a higher cost of entry. It was back many, many years ago, but he had to buy a tractor. He had to buy equipment. He didn't have the land. He wanted to buy the land. That was a higher cost of entry. He, did, he had to rent the land. He actually rented from somebody else that owned the land. It was a percentage of the crop, a percentage of the cash crop, and he actually rented for 20 years. And he gained ground. He gained income. And finally, after 20 years, he was able to buy his first piece of land. And then he bought a lot of land. He bought more and more land. He's going and he's separating himself. And guess what? At the end of his life and at the end of his era as owner of our farm and ranch, that that had value was the land, not the old equipment, not that anybody could could uh, farm the ground that would take over just like he did. All they needed is a tractor and some basic equipment. Now, what about somebody that has a is a hairstylist? Well, if you're the one that has the shop, like you have the booth, and we have a lot of other ladies or men working in your booth and they're renting a booth, that's how it works. So if you're the independent owner that's just renting a space at the shop, low cost of entry. So you're not going to have a lot of edge on the hundreds of other people that are cutting hair or just are, are uh, doing styling for ladies in the hair or men. But 
at the person that actually gets the building and creates the lease and has more stalls and more chairs and does the ad the advertising now they raise their size and it's harder for other people to compete with them I got I love a, a great example of uh, what we call the food vendors the little machines where you put a, a quarter in and you get some candy or you put a dime in and you get some gum I know of a story in my town back in the early 80s when I was just moving here, this other man, his name is uh, uh, Paul, I'll just leave it at that, and he started, he told me for seven years, he had vending machines where he put in the candy, the, 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 the cough drops, the lifesavers, the things that, and for seven years, he just drove around in his car, and he started plugging and filling these on a regular basis, and he started gaining momentum. And now he started buying bigger machines and buy bigger candy, or not just candy machines, obviously uh, liquid like sodas and pop, but also uh, making sandwiches and other things that people would eat in a vending machine. Guess what? The last time I heard him talk, he was doing $110 million in revenue in a four-state area because he was not only doing vending machines, he's now doing catering at a, at a niche. Wow, he took what was a low cost of entry and grew it into something. It's hard to compete with him. Coffee, candy, sandwiches, and he's making a ton of money. So think about your business. Are you going to be able to compete? If you got in low, if you got in with less money, if it was cheap getting in, then probably other people can get in to compete with you. If you did that, fine. Think about how you can separate yourself. It'd be like a race. You're running around the lap of a, of a long-distance race. How can you get farther ahead, separate yourself from your competition, and you're going to be better off? You're going to be able to make profit. You're going to be able to, at the end of uh, your life cycle with this business, sell it. Sell the business if that's what you want, or pass it on to someone, and it has value. You want profit while you're going, but you want value at the end of your ownership. Well, I hope this helps. We're here as a part of Inspiring Better Business. Thank you for being a listener to this. Please let us know. Please pass the word. Thank you.